0: So why is it when we've been in the recovery process, we're in that recovery groove, we tend to resist change the most? Why is change so difficult? Today we're going to talk about it. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official, a podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope. And even leadership wisdom, all centered around the Celebrate Recovery principles based on the Beatitudes where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, hang-ups, and habits, no matter what our circumstances, to walk in blessing and happiness. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the global field director with Celebrate Recovery. And such a privilege to be here with you today. Thank you for the feedback and the momentum that we're seeing uh, with uh, Celebrate Recovery official podcast. And I'm so excited about today's episode. Uh, One of my sisters, Megan... Grider. She's the director of Celebrate Recovery at Saddleback Church. Saddleback, if you're just listening in, is where it all started uh, with Celebrate Recovery. And what a treat we have that uh, we get to uh, hear from Megan Grider today. And, And I'm just excited to jump into this conversation. So Megan, thanks for jumping on with us today.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here. My name is Megan. I'm a grateful believer. I'm in recovery for codependency, perfectionism and compulsive behaviors. And Rodney, you know, anytime I get to talk to you is always a favorite day for me.
0: <laughs> oh, I love you so much. we were talking about, if you've ever been to a summit uh, that that's typically when we get to hang out and we just absolutely, I love hanging out with you and, and we get a little bit silly and we laugh a ton, don't we? <laughs> we laugh so much. Uh, well, I'm excited about this conversation. We were kind of discussing, what do we want to talk about today? And and the word change came up, right. And, and, you know, in the celebrate recovery curriculum where we do step study, where we're actually digging in deep and answering the questions to kind of get to the roots of our pain and wounds so that we can understand our core beliefs and ultimately change our habits to healthy practices as God repairs the relationships. But in that step study curriculum, uh, there's there's a couple things points. It's actually in the hope lesson that talks about you know coming to this place where we're open to change, and as we progress through principle three, we understand that. Not only the believing that God exists, but we matter, but he has the power to help us change. But one of those things that gets a little bit tricky, Megan, is um, can we expect change? And it seems like the longer we're in recovery, that can be a, a, even a harder thing to kind of swallow in it, right?
1: yes absolutely i think i think you hit the nail on the head and and many of us the first time we were in step study or if you haven't done a step study perhaps you're thinking about a step study that what brings us to a step study is we want to change And what brings us into recovery often is that our life is unmanageable. We feel like if we don't change, some of us can feel like we are going to experience, you know, we're going to die or relationships Mm. in our life are going to die. And so we're open to change when we have those points of pain and tension. And if we don't change, we know that our life will never be the same. And as you said, as, as, we continue in recovery, or I'll use I, me statements, because that's kind of what we do in recovery. (laughs) When I found myself moving forward in recovery, that openness to change, because my life maybe wasn't unmanageable in the way that it was when I first walked through those doors, most people don't come to celebrate recovery the first time on the best day of their life. They come to celebrate recovery when they're really walking through something painful that Mm. has to change. Um, but the openness to change for me, because I felt like, well, this is my recovery rhythm and I has to stay like this because if it doesn't stay like this, I could go back to old ways or old patterns Mm. and, and I don't like the unknown. And so I have found myself and I have witnessed this, you know, I just, I just celebrated 33 years of, um, sobriety from drugs and alcohol and um, have been worked my Celebrate Recovery recovery very actively since 2015 for codependency. And I can see in, the, in that time that, that once I figure out how to do things, I kind of want to always do those things. And so I'm less open to the change that happens in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, coming through the door, you're right, that that coming to our first meeting is usually not the best day of our life. There's something going on. And I was talking with a, a fellow leader about this the other day. And just that change happens when we hurt enough that we have to change, right? It's like, there's no way I've, I'm, I've hit my bottom, right? That rock bottom that we talk about often. And And so the motivators, that pain can be a motivator, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and sometimes when that pain is alleviated, sometimes the motivation can change, can it?
1: (laughs) It can, it can. And especially if if we have our pain, our first point of pain was so profound that we're like, oh, this pain isn't, isn't so bad, Mm. but, but our, The way that I look at things is not the way that God looks at things. So if I'm feeling like, oh, this is just somewhat making my life unmanageable because I'm resistant to change in this area. And that can look like a lot of things. It could be as simple as like, Celebrate recovery has to look the way that I want it to look. I, I want large group to be like this, and I want open share to be like yeah. this. You know, it could be as simple as that, or it can be a resistant to change when a season is over mm. in a relationship or in a profession, or even, you know, with recovery accountability partners or sponsors. You know, sometimes we can be resistant to change in relationships where we will stay mm. in those relationships. Wow. And God has the power, you know, God has the power to help us recover, but he uses people many times in that recovery process.
0: Mm. Yeah. I love that. God being kind of the key theme there, right? God has the power that he's the one, if we receive enough from him, we'll be able to do what's in front of us. Right. It seems so scary, right? I don't know if I can do this. What, 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 what would that look like? Kind of that fear of the unknown tends to be the kind of the one that grips us. Has that been your experience on a personal level?
1: Absolutely. I, I, I like to know, I, I would actually rather have a known that is, that is bad and terrible mm. than walk into the unknown sometimes. And, and I found that true in my life and that I, at least I know that at least I know how to respond. At least I know how to behave. And I think for me, the biggest part of the pandemic that, ju- that we just walked through, which started for me personally, after a year and a season of pretty tremendous change, um, that I, I, I did not want to change. I didn't want to learn how to do new things. I had to, because there was no other option. Um, but I think that in recovery, that resistance for me comes from, you know, as an adult child of family dysfunction, If I know chaos, I'm going to have an addiction to chaos and I'm Mm. going to recreate chaos because that's what I know when that gets unpacked and step steady. Yes, right. When that gets unpacked and step steady and, and God has given revelation in that, I get to decide not only am I going to change my behavior, but am I allowing him to transform me from the inside out so that I can recognize those places where I'm resistant to change, that I might be wrapping it up as a spiritual discipline or or making it look prettier than it is yeah. when a Spirit-led life is not always the same from day to day. Yeah, It is not always the same from moment to moment. God never changes. But the way the Spirit moves within us and around us and through us, mm. that is something that is vibrant and alive. And when I try to put that in a box in recovery, in my faith, that is preventing me from really walking in the full life that God had, not just the sober life, yeah but the full and thriving life that God has for
0: me. His way is always better, isn't it? Yeah. It it makes me think, um, the irony of it that we're talking about the pain being too great that we have to change coming to that realization, going back to principle one, when we had that, that, Reality, and I was just sharing this with some in a teaching this past week, but that you know, reality is is it is what it is. It just is, right? Pain is what happens when we bump into reality, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is like, oh, this is a reality. This hurts, and just as you were talking, it, it got me thinking about just that that sense of powerlessness because if something's changing, that means I don't know where it's going. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how what's my part in that. And there is this sense that just kind of takes me back to that principle one. I'm powerless and me trying to play God in a healthy part of my life in recovery is just as damaging as trying to play God in my dysfunctional life, right?
1: that's exactly right that's ex- i mean we are powerless in our recovery regardless of whether we're day 1 or year 55 we are, we are powerless and coming face to face with that and coming heart to heart with that i think more than anything when my heart really embraces that that gives me an opportunity to say why am i resisting this change um because In early recovery, we're resisting that change because we have the muscle memory that's tied to whatever our hurt, hang-up, or habit is. As we progress in recovery, it can be tied to um, almost, for me, it was almost addiction to legalism. Mm. Because if it it was this way, then I know what it is. And I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, my friend, because you have a great analogy of arrows in the body and Mm. that we can pull those arrows out, but something when something brushes up, we're always going to feel something.
0: Yeah. And so
1: I know you, you. You, I know you probably don't want to give that full analogy, but it's a great analogy. I think of it often.
0: Yeah. So yeah, just that we go through life, and people are, you know, what brings us into recovery usually the pain is the, you know, you know we have these. If you think of an arrow being shot into me, right the The kind of the getting through life is we just break it off at the stem. I don't have time to deal with this and we can live our whole life with these rocks inside of us. Right. The problem is every time I bump, assuming I don't get gangrene or an infection, but if I bump (laughs) into something um, I feel what would seem like, Oh, that's not a big deal. But when I bump into something with this, this arrowhead, this wound, it feels it's magnified, right? It's this like, Oh, that feels much worse than it, than it actually is. But these, these past wounds, these past traumas, when we don't, uh, this is why celebrate recovery is so effective, right? We, we go to the wound, the healing to the pain is in the pain. And so if I'm finding myself resistant, is there something there that I need to lean into that, uh, maybe needs some further processing and organizing, healing that's keeping me from living the fullness of life. Right? We we kind of experience when you go when you've eaten rats your whole life, you know that that's amazing. Uh, you know, I'm just eating rats, but there's more to life. It's not just to stop eating rats; it's to experience a new, bigger menu, a buffet that the Lord wants to provide us, but. That's scary in itself, isn't it? I don't know what type it is of stuff.
1: because it, it, not knowing, and and I'll give an example. You know, in the pandemic, one of my resistance to ch- the reason why I was resisting change is because it it rubbed up against my profound insecurity and and kind of shame center of I'm not good enough and I'm not going to know mm. how to do anything and everyone is going to find out. Yeah, And it rubbed up against that value piece yeah. of if I'm not there and working and doing, do I have value? Yeah. And so of course that change of I don't know how to do any of this it's okay that we don't know how to do things. For me, it wasn't that I didn't know how to do things. It's, it's what it revealed in terms of my character defect Mm. of that profound insecurity and seeking a value and wanting to do and filling my life with things, good things, but still filling my life with things because there were things I didn't want to feel. Right, And so unpacking that, I I love to know, I don't love it when I feel resistant to change, but I get excited about what that could reveal to me Mm. because I I always want to go, why is there tension there? I want to pay attention to that tension. Why am I saying, no, we can't, no, just out of the gate, no, we're not changing that way or we're not doing this or I'm not open to that. That reveals something about me and God is trying to refine me. And grow me because he loves me and he loves you and he wants the best for us. Mm. And he does that many times through that, walking through the pain of that.
0: Mm, That's so good. I, I love that. That's such a great question in another way that I've said that. Just that action. What are my action tendencies? Why is this coming up for me? Why am I responding this way when this idea of doing it differently or a trying a new way. Why, why is this visceral <laughs> response coming out of me? Why am I just barking back? That will never work. Right. Or whatever that is. And is that saying something about me? It kind of makes me think of just that perfectionistic lens, right? Where if I can't be perfect and do it perfectly or look, look perfect, we kind of get frozen, don't we? I'm not yes. going to do anything.
1: No. The paralysis of perfectionism is real, as is the resentment and bitterness, because a lot of the manifestations for me, for my perfectionism, is I try to manage my emotions by trying to manage the emotions of those around me. And mm. I do that by performing and wanting to be perfect. And so mm. it it is challenging and heartfelt and hard when people around me are not doing what I would like them to do. That's, that's kind of that codependency perfectionism marriage, which can be so detrimental and cause such resentment and bitterness. Like, why do I even have to go through this change? If that person would just get it together, then it wouldn't (laughs) change. And why doesn't anyone listen to me? And all of those things are very real. And for me, I know that they go back to a, a childhood wound that mm. is that has shaped and informed and given me a lens and a perspective. And so I don't, I'm not going to go into what that wound is, but I'm aware of it. I know what yeah. it is. And that's how it manifests often. So if I find myself resentful and bitter, mm. and many times it has to do with relationships and change and things like that, that's a really clear indicator
0: yeah.
1: that 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 I've got some work to do there.
0: Yeah, I love that. Now, I want you to hold on to this because I don't want to forget it, but but it makes me think, you know, you talked about coming from an adult child of an alcoholic family or dysfunctional family. It may be referred to, and that's my testimony, uh, but but it's interesting how sometimes when we come back from a break here in a second, I want to talk about that, that, you know, how does a family system, right, that is functioning in a dysfunctional way oftentimes when that one person in the system changes, it it kind of rattles the whole system right and we can see that play out in in ministry. we can you know as things are changing and what what's going on why why is everything changing around me and maybe I need to have a little bit more open hands, but I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on that as it relates to that uh, adult child of a dysfunctional family. If, if we could do that, so hold on to that, and when we come back, <laughs> we'll continue that that conversation. So, well, having a great conversation uh, with Megan Greider. Uh, she is the director of Celebrate Recovery at Saddleback Church in California, where all of this um, great ministry started and having a great conversation around change and why that's so dis, uh, difficult. And why do we resist that in our recovery? So when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Well, hey, leaders, it's never been easier for you to invest in you and your team. We've got a Celebrate Recovery training conference where you can establish a foundation through the seven keys of Celebrate Recovery. You can go to crconferences.com forward slash seven dash keys. Or maybe you've already been to one of our seven keys training. You can go to a Celebrate Recovery training conference and build on that foundation advanced training. Just go to crconferences.com to register for that. All of our winter and spring locations are available. We hope you'll join us then. Welcome back. We've been talking with Megan Greider about change and, and Megan, right before we went on the break, we were just talking about, um, um, and I don't know if we'll go anywhere with this, but it, it, it hit my head. If it doesn't land anywhere, we'll move on. But I, I was just thinking about just the, the parallels with a d- dysfunctional family. That's part of both of our stories, adult, child of a dysfunctional or, or a alcoholic family, and how when one changes and the rest of the system doesn't, how that just throws everything off balance. And I don't know if that connects with your story and what, what yeah. does that look like?
1: It does, it does. But I'm going to bring it a little bit more recent bring because um, we were in a Facebook Live that we were doing during the pandemic, and and our daughter was was with me, Caitlin, and and we were talking about recovery being a family affair, which we know that that's why ha- we have so many great ministries for different ages and celebrate recovery. But she said, our recovery. Now we have I I kind of have a second wave of recovery. My husband and I very much. Did a lot of the right things for all the wrong reasons in terms of having almost an addiction to ministry within the church. Mm. And so that that shaped, informed our children. And she had, our our daughter is right in the middle of two, we have two of our sons, both of our sons have special needs and that creates its own family environment. And Mm. we had a lot of dysfunction while we didn't have any drugs or alcohol. We, we had some real strongholds. I had some real strongholds as did my husband. He's very open about that. But (laughs) when we were doing this Facebook live and Caitlin said, she was sharing, yeah, you guys got recovery right when I didn't want you to have recovery because all of your dysfunction really benefited me. I I did not want you to stop your codependent behavior because you (laughs) took care of everything for me and I didn't want to have to deal with anything. And I started acting out. And so I was thinking about that. And, and in hindsight, her resistance to that change as our whole family was, was starting and participating in recovery while she showed up, she wasn't, Participating in recovery, and Mm. she's got her own story to tell, which she's done publicly. But I think about that, her resistance to change, and especially a change in me. Of hey, you know, I struggle with compulsive behaviors, and and I need to be, I need to acknowledge that I made amends to all three of our children for my kind of feast or famine sensibility with our finances, which wasn't based in reality; it was scarcity mentality. But I was like, I'm so sorry, and we're gonna actually, you guys, we're not gonna go and have crazy shopping trips and then not spend money for a month. We're going to, we're going to try to, (laughs) mama's going to try to even that out. And all three of our kids are like, I don't want that. I want to be able to buy whatever we want anytime we want (laughs) to. What are you talking about? And so that resistance, it was painful. Some of those Mm. conversations and, and their resistance to that change was real, but I couldn't ignore what God was doing on the inside of me in terms of the transformation.
0: Wow. I love that. That, what what insight to hear from your daughter. That's just like, that's brilliant. I love that. So as you're thinking about just kind of bringing it back to just the ministry, day-to-day stuff and and how that plays out, one thing that resonated with my heart was, it's like, it may be um, dysfunctional. It may even be, um, yeah, it's familiar, but it's, I know what to expect in this space, right? So if you start changing and moving things around now, I don't know what to expect, right? Even if it's the right thing to move things and change things, God, what are you doing? I, I just got familiar and comfortable with this. Why are you, why are you flipping everything on his head? Right. And just that resistance and trying to, again, playing God, pulling it back close to the vest is like, God, mm-hmm. I trust you with everything, but I don't know about this, right? It, it just, it gets real, yes. real wobbly, doesn't it?
1: It does. It gets, and, and there's two ways that I I'm filtering what you're saying. One is as a woman in recovery. And the second is a servant leader in mm. recovery, because I do think that openness to change is one thing. And also change for just because it's change is, is not necessarily the right. most beneficial. Sure. And so what, what, a season of change that worked before might not be called for right now. But I just want to change because I feel like it. And so we have this this uh, misconception, I think, within recovery is that people in recovery don't like change. <laughs> people in, re, you know, we hear that all the time. People in re, you can't change anything because people in recovery. That's not true. People in recovery don't like changes that they haven't established. Uh. None of us like changes <laughs> that we haven't. We actually do like change in recovery. And so I think knowing as a, as a steward of a space, the why behind any change I am, I am implementing for either a space or the way that we're presenting the message or something like that, knowing why and not doing everything at once. That's, that's kind of how I filtered what you said from that servant leadership. And then for me, when I'm, when I'm resistant to change and I feel like I'm looking around and people are changing things. I don't think that they should be changing mm. and not as a leader, but just as a participant, I, I will have to stop and, and give myself a reminder that nothing is happening apart from God's mm. purview. So whenever I'm having issues with change, especially when I think it's relational and I think someone's, someone needs to stop doing that or start doing that. I remember I, I remind myself that, nothing happens apart from him. Yeah. And so apart from something that is dysfunctional or toxic or dangerous, I need to sometimes be still and say, okay, I'm actually not the boss of the world. You are God. I'm powerless over this. I I don't prefer it. I don't like it. It hurts me, but I'm going to see what you have for me here. Yeah. I'm going to see what you have for me here. And again, that is not true in dangerous, right. violent, abusive right, relationships. Sure. I yeah. just want to be yeah. very clear about that.
0: Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting when we're resistant. If, yeah, it's, it's wise to say, okay, is this from God? I need to pray about it and make sure that we're not just changing for change's sake, right? But if we come to that point where everything around us, everyone we trust, um, and uh, that's a value of team, right? Um, it's, it's an indicator that we're moving in the right direction. This is the change we need to do. My resistance to change not only affects my growth, but can affect the growth of those around me because of my own controlling tendencies and trying to play God with that. It just hit me as like, man, this is a, this is a, a game changer for those around me too. I may be stifling the the change that God wants to do in their life because I'm resistant to the change in my life, right?
1: Yes, yeah. yes. I, I think that's one of the biggest conversations that our leaders here at Saddleback in Celebrate Recovery, we will always ask why. Mm. And when it benefits the newcomer or the newcomer experience or the or the fresh participant experience, many of us will say, I'm going to die to self here. Yeah. because what i like is actually not what's best for this per- and and i'm already here. Yeah. So uh, let's open up and let's be free. And i think that's the beauty of of the spirit-led recovery process is that we can we can do the hard things because we're not doing it in our own strength. Right. We don't have to dig deep and resist things. We don't have to fight and and battle in, internally or externally because with God's power and when we ask and seek it Mm. and realize that we're not God (laughs) and earnestly believe that he exists and that we matter to him and that he has the power to help us recover, Mm. we can move forward, maybe not feeling comfortable, but feeling confident, feeling confident in a God Mm. who loves us and sees us and knows what's best.
0: Yeah. So that's so good. I love this. So, so Megan, you know, we talk we talk about that vibrant recovery and, you know, just unpacking that. How do I stay in a place where I realize there's a God and I'm not it. How do I stay in this, this posture of earnestly believing daily that, that, uh, he exists and I matter to him in the grand scheme of his plan. And he has the power, you know, apart from him, I can't do anything. How do I stay in that place? Um, so that when and if change, we know it's both, uh, change happens in our life, that we keep our eye on the one who's directing that and, and will be the one that can ultimately carry us through it, right? How do I stay in that posture? Yes. What's that look like in your life?
1: Well, in my life, the, the first thing was that I had to realize that feelings aren't facts. I feel a lot of big feelings. God created me this way. I don't have any shame about it anymore, but I feel a lot of things. And there are times where I will feel like I want to do something or like I don't want to do something. And if I let that run shotgun, as opposed to what I know I should do or I'm committed to doing. And um, early on, for me in recovery and and now in recovery, it's helpful. Of course, I go to God first. That is, I have a, um, I used to do Bible study every single day because that's what you're supposed to do. And I was really excited to check it off my list and <laughs> yeah. I just did this thing and isn't that great. And now there, there is a hunger and a thirst for him that is very, very different. Mm. And that, I actually want to connect with Him, and I seek to connect with Him, and that manifests in different ways, in different spiritual disciplines, for lack of a better word. But I think most of us who are Christians would know. We go to God's Word, we pray, we memorize Scripture, I pray it back to Him. Hmm. And that is all true, and that is true in my life, and I think it's a muscle. It's a muscle that needs to be built up, and in that muscle memory, I will I will make those choices more often, and that helps me. Um, I, or accountability helps me in that. Yeah. Having accountability partners, having a sponsor, having someone who I have invited into my life only the ones I've invited. I don't want people bossing me if I haven't invited you, <laughs> yeah. but if I've invited you, where someone can say, "I'm I'm noticing that. Hey, you're not you're not." When you're at large group, you're not really a large group. Mm. When you're in open share, you're it, it feels like like you're holding back.
2: Mm.
1: And and so that's helpful for me because it helps me move forward even when I don't feel like it. And there's something really special about being known. It's awful when they mm. know you and someone's got you pegged and <laughs> and you're like, I don't want you to know that about me. Stop looking, avert your eyes, yeah. look away. But that's what we invite in community. And that's, that's recovery, but that's also faith culture. We, we are born to be with one another and in community with one another. Yeah. And so I would say, of course, Bible study, prayer, um, my, my time with him throughout the day. And also that accountability system is, is very helpful. And I want to know what would your answer be to that question, Rodney?
0: Yeah, well, I just, I want to just, uh, piggyback on what you said, uh, the value of having people around us. Cause I, um, yeah, just that value of having people and, and I tell people all this all the time, this, that nobody can hold me accountable but i can give someone permission if i don't want to be held accountable you can't hold me accountable right but if i invite (laughs) you into that and i think part of that and i was i I love what you were saying there it's so rich that i need people in my life that aren't afraid to point out the cracks going hey Mm -hmm. talking about action tendencies right hey that would seem like, um, a different response. And normally I don't see that out of you. What, what's going on? Or it feels like you're going through the motions, right? Um, what it, what's my daily rhythms and am I making it a priority? It really comes down to motive is doesn't it. You know, what is my, mm-hmm. am I just checking it off the list or is my motive is if I don't plug into his power in the current season, how could I ever expect to be able to transition through change if I'm not plugging into his power, right? I kind of start off on the wrong foot, um, which can be really, really scary. So, yes. Yeah. So Megan, someone, uh, you know, we, uh, we have a lot of listeners right now. Somebody's listening and they think he's talking to me right now they're going through a season. It feels like they've kind of come out of the messy storms or maybe they're, they're in the messy storm and they need to, uh, you know, work to that place of change where the pain is too great, where they want to change. But what do you say to that person that maybe things are changing around them and it feels really, really wobbly and they just feel a little bit overwhelmed and they don't know how to take all that in. What would you say to them to bring some encouragement to them in this potential change season?
1: The first thing that I would say is, is that they're not alone in that. I think sometimes one of the things that can send us into what I call the shame corner is thinking I shouldn't feel this way. Hmm. I shouldn't feel this way in this season of change. Uh, I'm a Christian. I should be able to handle this. I am in recovery. I should be able to go with the flow. And I think that this is those are such great opportunities for God to show himself in his strength in our life. and it hurts, yeah, like it it hurts. This process hurts and yeah. we can feel alone and we can feel like, why is this happening? and, knowing that i am not alone in that process that that is a process that most people are resistant to change most people have a difficult time when they're in a season that feels like it's there's turmoil and upheaval and they don't know what's coming next yeah that is a great season for me it's not always my first knee-jerk reaction isn't this. So I don't, I do not want to have this <laughs> a platitude or sugarcoat this. My first reaction is to be in pain. Yeah. And I think I I think there's there's permission to to be in pain. There's for me, I don't give myself permission to stay in pain. Mm. That is the opportunity for me to remember that there is a God who sees me, who knows me. He is who he says he is and he tells me he will never leave me or forsake me. Wow. He is who he says he is. And he says that he never changes and that we can put all of our hope, all of our trust in him. Mm -hmm. And so if I hold to those standing stones of how he's been faithful in seasons of change in the past or believe for them, if I've maybe never experienced that in my life, there is hope. I don't have to have enough hope for the whole process right now. Mm -hmm. I need to have hope for today because he will give me my portion. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And so if I know in this process and, and for those who might be struggling in this season of change to, to with, with a resolved faith that God will give you what you need for today and tomorrow, he will give you what you need for tomorrow and that the season of change will end at some point and you'll be in a new season.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. To, to be human, you know, if, if something's coming up and it's scary, it's okay to say, I'm really scared. I don't know. It, it makes me feel wobbly. I don't know what's coming. It makes me uneasy. And so I just need to put that into words and, to allow ourselves to feel that right. Just, just like we do day one, if it's a thousand and one or 10,001 days in uh, it's the same approach. And it just, I got to give this to you. Um, I need your strength to help me take the next right step. And, and if this is a way you want me to go, I'm going to trust you just like I did day one. So, yeah, well, Great conversation, Megan. This goes so fast and and I love your wisdom, your insight, and I just love your heart. And uh, um, I've I've taken a lot from this and I know our listeners have too. So thanks so much for making time. I know you've got a a lot on your plate and it doesn't go unnoticed. So we appreciate you making time uh, for us. For me, I, I learned a lot today.
1: Well, it was my pleasure. And as you know, you and Carol are our people. Ken and I love you. We love you have so much wisdom to bring. And so um, it's an honor to have a conversation with you always.
0: Yeah, yeah, we love you. And God bless you in your ministry there at Saddleback. I know you're you're doing a great job there and they're blessed to have you there. So we'll have to get you back on again one day soon. <laughs> so, hey, hey, thanks for uh, joining us today. Uh, if you are listening and you're hurting, maybe you're, you're struggling with some fear of change, can I just tell you that it's never too late to start. It's never too late to start over again. And so you too can find freedom and healing from your hurts, hangups, and habits. We would absolutely love to have you uh, join us on this journey we call Recovery. If you'd like to find a group near you, just go to celebraterecovery.com forward slash group. And, uh, we'd love to, uh, yeah. See you at one of our local celebrate recovery meetings. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And we'll look forward to having you join us next time until then. God bless you.